You are listening to Enterprise Software Unwrapped, an audio download from Information Age, sponsored by Tipping. Enterprise Software Unwrapped is a series of six short audio programs produced monthly, in which we explore some of the current issues and emerging technologies in enterprise software today. To find out more, and for details on how to automatically receive updates direct to your MP3 player, visit information-age.com forward slash My name is Phil Jones. I'm the Associate Editor of Information Age, and this is Business Process Management What Next? Business Process Management, BPM for short, is hardly a new technology. Since the vogue for business process re-engineering of the 1990s, business thinkers and IT strategists have embraced the concept of a process view of business. And the business software community has responded with a spate of process-oriented products. It's now fair to say that BPM has become, or is close to becoming, a mainstream business technology. Or is it? Is what most organisations refer to as BPM today really worthy of the name? And are the projects, which we call BPM projects, anywhere close to realising the full potential of BPM technology? To begin answering these questions, I spoke with Jeff Christick, the Director of Product Marketing at TIPCO. BPM really consists of two things. One is a management philosophy that at a very basic level is going to pay attention to process. So they're going to incent their employees, probably organize the, the structure of the company, and they're going to measure performance over time based on process. The company may identify 10 or 15 strategic processes that are important to the overall company strategy. You can see where it goes from there. They're going to measure performance against that. They're going to look for areas of improvement against that, that process. So there's the whole management philosophy. And then to implement that management philosophy, there is a set of technologies, today referred to as BPM suites, that are used to support that. At a core, what technology is doing is allowing a company who is paying attention to process to orchestrate their people, systems, and partners in the context of a business process. For anyone looking for evidence of a technology-enabled business revolution, Christic's remarks are disappointing, and even a little surprising. As the representative of a company that has made a significant investment in BPM technology, it would only be natural to expect him to credit those technologies with driving a profound change in business IT practice. In fact, Christic's assessment of current BPM practice speaks more of evolution than revolution, and credits technology with only a supporting role in driving what transformation has taken place. I'd say it's more so driven by the management philosophy. That's the most important part. People ask me, what's making BPM suites more successful today? The technology has certainly matured. You look at 10 or 15 years ago when business process re-engineering came about, which was some form of, of focusing on process. A little different philosophy of throw everything away and start over. What's different today is that the technology has matured significantly and now supports the execution of the process and the measurement of the process, whereas 10 or 15 years ago it simply didn't exist in a mature manner. So the management philosophy, which is the most important part, has consistently been there, but the technology has matured to a point where it can be more easily implemented. The other thing I would add is that a lot of companies don't necessarily have BPM projects per se. If you go and talk to the business side of the house, they don't even know what BPM is necessarily, and they probably don't care about it. They just know, for example, that they're a credit card business, and they do 2 million credit card applications a year. And if they can reduce the time it takes to approve a credit card application by 15 minutes, that could equal real dollars to their business. It's not like the business person woke up and discovered the, the process religion and BPM's the answer. This starkly undramatic assessment of the current state of BPM practice 
makes a refreshing change from the often grandiose and misleading claims that software vendors have sometimes made for new technologies. However, it should be said, this is not what early adopters of BPM had been led to expect. On the contrary, three years ago, when they published a book that has since become nothing less than a manifesto for radical business change based on BPM, Peter Fingar and Howard Smith argued that not only was BPM-based business revolution possible, it was absolutely necessary to the health of the companies that wished to remain competitive in the 21st century. Recently, I spoke to Peter Fingar and asked him what went wrong. Well, um, when we first launched the book Business Process Management, The Third Wave, what we were trying to describe was a change in technology that would shift the focus of automation from data processing to process processing. And by that, we meant that normally most business processes are either manual or tucked away in some hard-coded systems. But the key to any business is the agility that business has in changing and modifying its business processes. Because business processes are how work gets done. Business processes, in essence, are the business. And for the first 50 years of using IT in business, it's been related to data processing and keeping records. Well, in the third wave, we talked about putting together computer science based on a mathematics, in this case it's called PyCalculus, that would bring a similar kind of stability to process work. And this work on PyCalculus, and, and not just PyCalculus, but associated technologies, was done by Robin Milner at Cambridge. And um, the whole point is it's a fusion of computing and communication into one model. So the idea that was there is that we would end up with an abstract data type called process that would essentially be the fusion of EAI or application integration, workflow, and business rules engines all into a unified abstract concept that could then be maintained instead of a DBMS for data a BPMS for process. Now that was the original background and there are companies who have implemented such a model but on the other hand what's happened since then is such a change of that level is so great that some of the large vendors didn't really like the idea. So the original, for example, the original BPML was transformed and has become the popular um, XML language today called BPEL. So the point is when the real world raises its head in terms of competitors and the proprietary technologies that they have, uh, the bottom line is what we predicted in the book, and not just predicted but wrote about, hasn't fully happened. The missing link that has prevented Fingar and Howard's original vision becoming reality is the industry's failure to produce a standard business process management system based on an abstract data type. Without a single standard BPMS data type, BPM implementations have largely been restricted to tactical departmental scale systems, which offer similarly small-scale departmental benefits. The true worth of BPM, Fingar argues, will only be realised when it is used to order truly end-to-end -end processes, activities that don't stop at the loading bay or retail counter of one company, but extend far beyond into the processes of suppliers, business partners, and ultimately their customers. Fingar believes that the growing competitive pressures of globalization will make it inevitable that BPM will eventually escape today's tactical constraints and become the enabling technology core 
of a new breed of process-driven global organisation. A suitable BPMS specification will emerge as a matter of necessity, and BPM products that embrace it will naturally become more interoperable and scalable. However, there will then still be important challenges, not the least of which will be persuading business to embrace the opportunities that BPM presents. To find out how this might happen, I spoke to the Vice President of Research at Gartner, Janelle Hill, and asked her what she thought the status of business process culture is today. In our view at Gartner, we, we talk about business process management as a management discipline, as really the latest version of process-oriented management theory. Mm-hmm. And there's very little written about it from a management theory and management discipline perspective. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that we think are quite different in the management discipline today is a recognition that processes have to change more often because the business marketplace is so much more dynamic mm-hmm. than it used to be. And if you accept that processes have to change more often, then it also drives you to the conclusion that you don't have to come up with the perfect design of a process you know, the first time and deploy it and just run it and execute it that way for the next five to ten years and, and you know, that perfect design is going to deliver you competitive differentiation. If you accept that processes have to change more frequently, then it drives you to an iterative deployment model where you try something and, you know, based on monitoring its performance in the current business climate, you decide to adjust it. Um, So you don't have to have this concept of the perfect process the first time. And the big technological change that supports that concept is that processes are beginning to be explicit rather than implicit. Most processes, as we think of them today, are buried inside of application code. And it's not until you get them out of the application code um, that you really can begin to better understand um, how technology could support these kind of different views of how processes ought to be managed. Are we talking about giving business people a more direct role in the um, ongoing uh, evolution of, of IT systems? Yes, but not as straightforward as that. Um, what we're really talking about is giving people access to these explicit models mm-hmm. and allowing them to manipulate the model, and the manipulation of the model impacts the XML. And very often, uh, IT will pre-build a bunch of what I'll call services, business capabilities. You know, they'll pre-build the logic for how you do sales tax calculation or the logic for how you validate a customer. And they expose that as a business object that a business person can understand. And then the business person through the model can manipulate that service. So, in in fact, for example, IT might... deliver to the business a general purpose software module for doing tax calculation and it has parameters that say whether this is sales tax or some other tax and in that way business people start manipulating what will will become executed. If we accept Fingar's vision of BPM to be realistic, we have to conclude 
that today's BPM deployments are not quite the real deal. Or at least, they're not everything that BPM could and ultimately should be. That's not to say that today's largely tactical BPM deployments have no value. Far from it. But there is clearly still much to be done, both in terms of BPM's technological maturity and its cultural acceptance, before business can become truly process-driven. Progress in both these areas may be slower than Finger and Smith anticipated three years ago. But observers like Hill are optimistic. Today, with business process management, most organizations are deploying some new technology for the purposes of achieving efficiencies in their current processes. Efficiencies as measured by reductions, streamlining of the process, or increasing worker productivity. The second stage, however, of business process management is by building the models and just increasing the visibility of process, you raise the awareness of all of the process stakeholders, and that visibility in itself sparks a second round of improvements, mostly in the areas of overall better designs and a recognition of how to make a process more effective to meet the strategic goals rather than simply streamlined and more efficient. And after an organization begins to, begins to focus more on effectiveness of the process, then they move into really the third stage of process maturity where they really start looking at the processes in terms of how they could innovate the processes and differentiate their processes from others within the industry. So, it seems that there is still lots to do before we reach what Hill calls the third stage of process maturity and what Finger and Smith have called the third wave of business computing. But whatever you call it, it promises to be a worthwhile destination, a place where the gap that presently exists between business and IT strategy may finally be closed, and a place where business people, at last, will take a more direct role in the shaping of their own business IT destinies. You have been listening to Enterprise Software Unwrapped, an audio download from Information Age sponsored by Tipco. To find out more about this and other programs in this series, visit information-age.com forward slash infocasts.